between the life we see and the world we dream, there are stories when they are told. Nightmares become imagination. So please. <laughs> Thomas, you aren't. Hello to the guild. You don't think you were finished with the craving, did you? Welcome to the Dim Light Anxiety Podcast. My name is Giggles, and I like having the laughter scared out of me. <laughs> In fact, I am watching the new Charm series right now between recordings just for that reason. ADHD makes multitasking a must, and scary movies or shows are my favorite for background noise. Scary podcasts are also fantastic for what I like to call planned distractions. It really just helps reduce unwanted distractions. <laughs> the one that inspired this podcast was actually Real Life Ghost Stories podcast because I love how interactive their audience is with them. They also just have really good banter between the two. Ooh, has anyone seen the Scream series? Oh, it is so good. Can't be in the best of ways. <laughs> As most of you know, I am a firm believer in campy stories having a time and place, as well as I have to watch something happy after this episode's scary. And I know your overactive brains come up with some fucked up tales, so I want to know, what's your story? Please write in to dimlightanxiety at gmail.com so I can bring them to life. Become part of the horror fandom. On the theme of great series, we have our own continuing today, written by the amazing writer from Reddit. Username, Sugarfruit33. Hopefully, this is the last of Maria's tortured life. And maybe, just maybe, she will finally make it to freedom. Whatever that is. Here is where we left off. But all good things come to an end. I cranked back my arm and swung the knife into the side of her head. The blade went straight through, the tip of it pointing out the other side of her face. I did it. I survived everyone. Disoriented, I stood up. The sudden movement too much for my body to handle. I stumbled. Submitted for the approval to the guild with dim light anxiety, I call this story. The tale of the craving continues. Part one. Titled, Crave 2, Part 1. I stumbled back down the steps. Half of my body's blood supplied spilled across the house. My grandmother's corpse still laid near the front door. Her death long awaited. I limped past her. 
blood dripping off the sole of my shoe as I stepped in the pool. I reached for the door with a heavy hand, trying to at least get out before I fainted from my injuries. My vision slowly grew fuzzy as I stumbled forward, grabbing the doorknob to keep myself up. The knife clanked against the floor as it slipped from my weak grip, my arm resting by my side. I sat on my knees, resting my head against the door as I took deep, slow breaths. I couldn't give up now. I did too much to get where I was. I gripped the knob tightly, groaning as I lift myself up. I slowly creaked the door open, my eyelids impulsively squeezing shut as the bright sunlight gleamed. I slid out the door, the cool air satisfying to breathe. I lifted my head, closing my eyes and taking savory breaths. I hadn't gotten a chance to just breathe. I quickly collapsed to my knees, pressing my blood-soaked palms against the concrete pathway. My jaw trembled as tears welled in my eyes. I felt like everything had just hit me. I, I killed everyone. I killed my entire family. The thought forced tears out of my eyes. It was a fight for a survival. But at what cost? I let myself sob. I deserved to feel something other than anger. When I emptied the sadness from my body, I wiped off my damp cheeks, weakly getting on my feet. I sniffed as I looked around my gated community. Nobody was outside, but I needed help. I staggered off my front porch and into the street. I went for the first house that was directly across from my family's. Their car was in the driveway, at least. I almost tripped up the smooth stone steps as I approached the big metal doors with all my strength. I pounded against it. Please help me, I pleaded. My simple cries felt overexerting. But there was no response. I banged again, my arm ready to drop. Please, I'm injured badly, I cried, breathing heavily. Suddenly, the sound of clicking heels came tapping towards the door. My eyes widened with hope until the door wasn't open. I eyed the side of the house catching the resident peeking through her pulled-back curtains. She didn't look worried or panicked. She looked disgusted. I stared back in silence, a beg 
for help gleaming in my eyes. She threw the curtains closed, her footsteps leading to the door. She inched the door open, just enough to fit her head through. I don't know what dump you dragged yourself out of, but get off my property before I call security. How'd you even get here? She warned. I I'm literally your... I tried to explain. But she slammed the door shut. I, I stood in shock. Did she not recognize me? With a dropped jaw, I stumbled off her front porch and tried another house. Each ignored my pleas for life, told me to fuck off, or weren't even home. After my last attempt, I gave up, standing aimlessly in the street like a lost dog. Nobody was going to help me. I needed to help myself. I made my way back to that wretched house, hoping it was my last time. I sighed as I threw the door open, seeing my grandmother's corpse once again. I wish she'd just vanished like a dead enemy in a video game. I limped up the stairs, back into the blood-painted hallway. The bodies were still spread across the ground, the blood drying into the fabric of the carpet. I needed to find a foam, which is actually harder than you'd think. My great-grandmother owned the house, so all rules were written by her. She felt that house phones would allow spirits of the house to speak to us. So we never had those. Kind of makes sense now, but I wasn't allowed my own phone because I could get one when I was able to pay for my own. So that made this even harder. I had to take the bet that one of my family members had their phones on them. I started with my parents' corpses. They laid close to each other. My father's brain matter dried to the carpet. I kneeled down, almost losing my balance, and began piffering through every pocket. Nothing. Even in death, he was fucking useless. I turned to my mother's corpse, pausing for a moment. I couldn't avert my gaze from her decimated face, the sight churning my stomach. She deserved better. I held back tears as I searched through the pockets, ending up with nothing. I stood up, making my way to my aunt and uncle. After checking my uncle's corpse, I was left with my aunt. I stepped over his corpse, approaching the mess that I left my aunt in. I carefully danced around the shards of glass that scattered across the ground. I reached down, sliding my hand into her pocket. My eyes shot open as my fingers grazed the corner of a phone. I quickly grasped it trying to slide it out of her tight jeans. Suddenly, my legs gave out. I groaned as I dropped to the ground, grabbing the frame of the table to keep myself up. I wasn't getting any stronger. 
I needed to act fast. I lifted myself back up, my arm shaking. I used my other hand to pull the phone out and stumbled out of the room. I dabbed my fingers against my shoulder wound, burying my teeth as it stung. Blood covered my fingertips. I was still bleeding badly. I wiped them off against my pants and kept walking. I walked down those steps for the last time, feeling as hard as ever to do. I stepped outside, looking behind me as I closed the door. I lifted the phone, praying it wasn't dead. I sighed with relief and a smile as it turned on. Thank God old people don't put passwords on their phones either. I opened the phone app and typed 911. I raised the phone to my ear, tapping my teeth together as it rang. 911 operator, what's your emergency? A woman on the other end asked. Uh, I have a medical emergency. I have multiple injuries, I explained. What is your address? She went on. I told her my address, explained that I am in a gated community. An ambulance is on their way, she informed me. Okay, thank you. I sat down on my curb, feeling dizzy. She asked me a few more questions about my injuries and what happened. It was hard explaining that my entire family tried to murder me and feast on my corpse. I eventually hung up the call, waiting for the ambulance to arrive. I looked around my street with tired eyes. It was so dull you'd think it was abandoned. All the trim bushes and parked Cadillacs don't cover the fact that everyone hated each other and thought they were better than everyone else. After a few minutes, the sound of sirens broke me out of my thought cloud. The ambulance pulled up in front of my house, the colored lights spinning. I stood as two men hopped out. Thank you. My world words trailed off as I suddenly felt numb. I collapsed to the ground, my vision blurry, my hearing muffled. She's losing a lot of blood. One of the men exclaimed in panic, motioning for the other to get the stretcher. They pulled it out of the back of the ambulance, lifting me onto it. My eyes slid around, my eyelids desperately wanting to close. I looked at the blue sky and the faces of the panicking men carrying me in. It was hard to make out what they looked like. Everything was fuzzy. They lifted me into the ambulance, the woman sitting on the back with me. She lifted my head, strapping a mask to my face and began pumping something into my lungs. Within seconds, I felt exhausted. My vision blurred even further, everything in a mist. Before I blacked out, it's funny. I looked at the woman and I could have sworn she had three eyes. Thank you.
I slowly opened my eyes, staring at the blurry ceiling. I was laying down comfortably, my back supported by a soft bed. I reached up to rub my eyes, quickly feeling the weight of the tubes that ran into my arms. I wiped the fuzziness from my vision, blinking rapidly. I made it to the hospital without dying. I looked over at the heart rate monitor as it beeped, mesmerized by the green bar as it rose and dropped to my heartbeat. There were wrinkled green curtains that separated the beds for privacy. Nurses fast walked by, masks covering their mouths. I reached up to touch the bandage on my forehead, flinching as it stung. Oh, you're awake! A nurse suddenly exclaimed as she noticed me. She walked over, a clipboard in her hand. How are you feeling? She asked. Uh, like shit? I, I chuckled weakly, wheezing as I coughed. That's the usual with injuries like this, she smirked, leaning down towards me. How long was I out for? I questioned. Oh, a short three hours, I think, she answered, jotting something down. I'm going to take your bandages. This might sting a bit, she warned me. She gripped the gauze, my eyes shooting open as she applied unexpected pressure. I held in cries as she pressed into my wound, vigorously ripping off the bandage. I couldn't tell if she was extremely inexperienced or if she did this on purpose. She dangled the crimson-soaked cloth, then dropped it in her pocket. She pulled out a clean gauze with a medical tape. I almost shot out of the bed as she pushed the gauze against my wound, practically shoving her finger into it. Please, less pressure, I pleaded. Sorry, honey. It'll just be a moment. She ignored my request. She taped it down, my shoulder throbbing as she ran her fingers over it to make it stick. I squeezed my eyes, a tear running down my cheek. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to be so rough. She apologized, her tone ditzy. She grated her thumb against my cheek, wiping away my tear with a smile. She began walking away. I stared at her in confusion and a bit of shock. Why did she just manhandle me? Then I caught something strange. As she turned the corner, almost behind the curtain, she put her thumb in her mouth and licked it clean. Did she just eat my tears? I thought to myself, absolutely baffled. I uncomfortably shifted around in my bed, my shoulder raging with pain again. I stayed observant like a hawk for a few hours, the nurse never returning since. In that time, I noticed a few things. First of all, the place seemed extremely understaffed, 
I think the only nurse I saw walk back and forth was that one that practically abused me. And a man walked by a few times. Seemingly a doctor. But that was it. The only people that worked on this floor. Speaking of floors, I never saw anyone leave this one. From my viewpoint, the hospital seemed to be in a T-shape. The rows of beds were on the top and the one long hallway that leads to other rooms, then the staircase and elevators. My bed resided in front of that hallway, giving me a bird's eye view. I had not seen one person enter nor exit the staircase, neither the elevator. I thought I was overreacting. I lost a lot of blood, so I didn't exactly possess clarity. But I did come from a family of psychotic cannibals. I could smell suspiciousness like a drop of blood in a bottomless ocean. The one thing that stayed under my skin was the nurse. A medical professional could not be that reckless. She was like a caricature. My tears, she definitely licked off her finger. Everything felt so strange. Like it was, I was in an episode of the Twilight Zone. I knew I sounded paranoid, nitpicking with these observations, till I was visited by the nurse. It was around 7 p.m. The sun almost set. She smiled as she appeared around the curtain, holding an IV bed bag. I faked a smile back. We meet again, <laughs> she joked. I nodded letting the stale, out-of-stale chuckle. I'm just going to change your IV for the night, she explained, unhooking the old bag. She then reached for my arm, giving me a moment before she pulled the needle out. This might hurt a bit. It's okay to scream or cry. She tried to reassure me. I'll be fine, I croaked, her comment rubbing me the wrong way. She unwrapped the tape, Gripping the needles that were buried into my arm, suddenly she tore them out of my arm. A scream escaped my mouth as I almost flew out of my bed. I looked down at my arm with wide eyes. Blood was squirting out of the hole. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, she apologized, reaching in her pocket for gauze pads. I glared at her like she was insane. My jaw dropped. She ignored my gaze and pressed the pads against the wound. The white cloth quickly ran red as my gushing blood soaked into it. While folding it down, she used her other hand to pull out tape, tearing off a piece and using it to keep the gauze down. That should stop the bleeding eventually, she straightened her back. I continued to stare at her in shock. I couldn't believe what she had just done. She just pulled the needle out like a plug from an outlet. She was about to walk away until she turned to me. She stared at me intensely, like she was studying my face. Her expression showed that a thought ran through her head. You are one tough cookie, aren't you? She smirked, sounding scornful. I kept silent continuing to stare. She eventually walked away, 
my eyes following her till she disappeared. I looked down at my arm, groaning as I bent it. It wasn't the worst of my injuries, but it felt like a really intense bruise. I didn't know where I was going to go, but I needed to get the fuck out of here. I waited until the lights turned off and the floor was clear. When the time was right, I slowly slid off my bed. Goosebumps ran across my skin as my bare feet touched the cold, polished floors. I peered past the curtain. Not having seen past them yet, I looked left and right, perking up like a dog as I noticed a beaming red exit sign. As I continued down the pathway, I looked over, slowly stopping. The beds were empty. I backtracked a bit, realizing that every bed was empty. Where are the other patients? Damn, like seriously, Maria has the worst fucking luck. Everyone seems to want to eat some part of her. <laughs> I guess the real question is, why are they eating her tears? What do the three eyes that she saw almost only momentarily mean? Ugh, so many questions that will hopefully be answered as we continue with the Crave series. I love the way this writer is so good at creating an entire world that can't seem I just can't seem to get enough of. I just want to make sure that Maria is safe, okay? <laughs> anyway, on to the business portions. I edit, record, and produce this show myself, if it isn't obvious, <laughs> and use only royalty-free music. Practically everything you can need to get in contact with me to be an active part of the guild is up on the website. Yes, that includes the requirements for submitting stories. Spoiler, there are none. <laughs> what is the website, you ask? Well, I hope all questions are that easy. It is just the name of the podcast, Dim Light Anxiety, all one word. Then just add .com at the end. That's dimlightanxiety.com. Follow my Facebook page uh, for weekly writing prompts to get your creative juices flowing. The name is Dimlight Anxiety. I have a lot of other pages with the links on the website, but I am most active on that page. I just want to give one final shout out to our fantastic writer from Reddit, uh, username Sugarfruit33. Other than that, please tell your friends. Tell your friends' friends. Post on your own social pages. Everyone should be laughing in fear, especially with the... Uh, coming spooky season <laughs> other than that here is the last bit of the story at least until next week I shook it off and continued on to the exit when I reached the door I pressed my hands onto the cold metal bar praying an alarm wouldn't go off I clenched 
my face as I pushed it in, preparing to run for my life. Until the door didn't open, I scrunched my eyebrows and repeatedly pushed it in, realizing it was locked. Why would they lock an emergency exit? I thought, fear beginning to grow inside of me. I declared this meeting of the Guild with Dim Light Anxiety closed. Tune in next week for the craving continues. <laughs>